Welcome to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for working women, where each week we cover the latest headlines the businesswoman needs to know, and we chat to boss women making an impact in their industry. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. Hello, welcome back to episode 70 of Working Girl Talk. So excited to have you join us today. I hope you've been having a great week, a great month. We are almost at the end of September. The next time I talk to you guys, it will be October. Time is flying. I saw a post the other day that we only have 100 days left of the year. Now it's even less of that. So what are we going to do with it? This year has definitely been a wild ride, but there's no better time than now to start that project, go for your goal, and to start getting some media, which relates to today's episode that I'm so excited to share. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to do a brief reminder that if you haven't rated the podcast five stars and you want to do so, do that right now. We always appreciate it. And if you want to leave a review and tell us what you think, always love to see your feedback too. So let's dive into today's episode. We are not doing headlines today because I want to get right to today's guest. So grab your notepad and let's get started. Des Dickerson joins us today. She is the VP of Public Relations and Digital Marketing and the co-founder of Creative Label. She has worked behind the scenes of major TV shows and networks such as The Dr. Phil Show, Lifetime, HGTV, and YouTube. Des is all about creating successful marketing campaigns and visually appealing digital content. That is her thing. We discuss Des's career journey, we get the scoop on the Dr. Phil show, BTW, and we learn how to make your brand PR ready. Because what good is PR and press if your brand is not ready to handle it and you're not set up? We dive into that, which I think is such an important topic. We also discuss the elements of a perfect pitch to get some media attention and so much more. I am so excited to share this interview and super excited to share the part two of this next week with Aisha, the other co-founder of creative label. So this is going to be an awesome two-week experience. Grab your notepads. Let's dive in. Welcome Des to the show. We are so excited to welcome Des Dickerson on Working Girl Talk today. Welcome to the show, Des. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. You have no idea. (laughs) We love it. We are so excited to have you. And then I'll be talking to Aisha later today too. And I'm excited to see how your guys' stories line up. (laughs) Me too. It's so funny because like we typically always do interviews together, but I don't know what it is with quarantine the last few months. People will be like, we want to talk to you one episode and her another episode. I'm like, okay, cool, fine. I guess we're not going to do it together anymore. <laughs> no, but it's fun. We, there's, we both have value, different value to add. So I love it. Yeah, you guys, I love it. So I'm a huge creative label fan. So this is amazing. So first up in typical working girl talk fashion, I want to go back in time. I want to hear, so where did you grow up? What childhood? Did you ever see yourself becoming a business owner? Yeah, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm born and raised in Sacramento, California. It's a California girl, but on the like mountains and season side. I don't, I'm not a beach girl. Um, and I always knew I wanted to work in entertainment. Like I just always knew that I wanted to be a reporter for pretty much, um, my high school through junior, senior year of college years. Um, and I, you know, I think everybody wanted to be like the next, like Juliana Rancic, E! News, like type of reporter. Yes. And wouldn't think the word, yeah, exactly. Like it's every girl's dream. So that, that was what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. Um, and 
my parents were entrepreneurs. My mom was a photographer. So I saw entrepreneurship a lot growing up. My dad also had like a few different businesses, um, along with his corporate job. Um, so it was, it could have been an option, but I never thought about it. Like, yeah, I, I don't even think I knew what the word entrepreneur meant at that time. <laughs> so funny. So you decide to go to journalism school and you end up being a producer. So how, how did that go? Like, give us the tea. Yeah. So I decided I moved to Arizona. I went to Arizona State. Um, I actually, yes, go double. Um, <laughs> I actually did up until my junior year of college at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. And I was just like super unfulfilled at the time. I was like this, I thought I wanted to be a reporter, but I realized that a reporter literally has to do everything on their own. Like you're shooting your own content, you're writing your own content, you're researching your own content. So I was just like, I'm just not fulfilled by this. And so I started applying to internships to kind of explore. And I was like, I'm gonna apply to all of these internships. I'm gonna apply to the Dr. Phil show and the Wendy Williams show. And I don't know, whatever was like, you're never gonna get it type of internship. Um, that's what I applied to. I ended up hearing back from like three of my never going to get an internship opportunities. And I chose to go with the Dr. Phil show and I interned there for six months probably. And in production, it is like so much turnover so quickly. There's a lot of people who really aren't in the right place. And they're like, this is not for me or whatever, but I wanted to work there so bad. I wanted to be an employee. So I was literally an intern, like I don't even, I probably is illegal for me to work as much as I worked. Um, but they ended up saying after six months, like, hey, do you want to come on as a researcher? And so I worked my way, or also known as a, a production assistant, but like a glorified one uh, that they would have at Dr. Phil. So I was, I worked my way up to be like a senior researcher at Dr. Phil. I worked there for two years um, in production. And then after leaving there, I ended up, you know, producing on um, a few different shows and a few different networks on HGTV and Lifetime and YouTube. So some really fun stuff, but that's kind of how I got started as far as like the TV production world. <laughs> okay. So I have to ask, did you ever meet Dr. Phil? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you, I would be uh, split up into teams, um, you split, split up into production teams um, that are made up of like a producer, what we call a segment producer and a, a PA, a production assistant. Um, and within that, you are like responsible for different episodes throughout the season. So not everyone works on every episode. So after we record every episode or sometimes before you record every episode, do you meet with Dr. Phil in order to recap and go over like, okay, like these things went well and these things didn't go well. So yes, I did. That's cool. He always seems so nice to me. He is. He okay. is really, really nice. He's, <laughs> he's a tough cookie um, and one of like the hardest bosses I've ever had. <laughs> um, but he is so nice and I had just so much respect for him because he is so great at what he does. That is so cool. So you're working in production, you're working in like this, I guess, like what you would picture like, oh, a journalist dream type of thing, that production. Was there a defining moment where you knew like, I need to go into business for myself? Like, where was that decision to, I need to just go in and start creative label? Yeah. Um, okay. So at the time I was in a relationship with a professional uh, soccer player. We've been together since high school. And he was moving all over the country playing soccer. And I was starting to get super unfulfilled 
working at Dr. Phil uh, because I was literally working 90 hour work weeks. So I was working 90 hour work weeks and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so draining. And I don't know if you've ever seen some of the topics, but there's a lot of like, there's some topics on the show that are like, you know, family drama that's not as serious, but there's some that are like murder mysteries and like these are people's lives and their feelings and their emotions and that type of work is a lot of psychological work it becomes really draining and emotional and it's like you almost get to the point where you feel like you can't help everyone and being in that space for 90 hours a week it was it was really tough for me so I decided to leave Dr. Phil and move with my my ex-boyfriend at the time or my boyfriend at the time and, and and travel with him um and that's how I started like picking up different TV jobs all around the country. So I would produce and I would cast for different TV shows all around wherever, you know, we lived. And then I was like, this is just like, every time he would get traded to a new team, I was like, this is just not working anymore. <laughs> like this is draining. It's exhausting. I'm working on a new show every, you know, six months to a year. It's just, it's just a lot. So at the same time, Aisha, uh, her husband actually plays professional sports and he was she was going through the same thing but she was in law school and we were just like we really both love what we do so much but why can't we do certain elements of what we do um and have our own business so she was going to law school and she didn't want to be a lawyer <laughs> like she's such a creative and i was like well i want to be like i could definitely still be a producer and work in studio production but like i also could like do a bunch of other things with an entertainment background and networking and more public relations with the relationships that I've built with people in the uh, entertainment industry. And then that's kind of how creative label like was born. We're like, let's just do it. We don't have anything to lose. Like, let's just do it. And it, it just started. That is awesome. How was it getting that first client? Because I know sometimes where we see like now where you're at, you got to start somewhere. So how was that <laughs> first had that happen? Oh my gosh. So it happened. We got two clients at the same time, which is the craziest thing. Aisha was planning her uh, wedding with her wedding planners and they noticed how creative she, she is. Like she would be like doing a lot of the own creative directions for her, <laughs> her wedding planner. So at the end of her wedding, um, it was right when we were starting business, they had asked to meet with her um and they're like we want you to come on and do like our creative marketing and like be the creative you know person on our team and at the same time i had a family friend who was looking to do some social media promotion advertisement um and he actually worked for a big corporation um and he was like okay well I want to hire you guys to do our social and like literally two days later her wedding planners were like you know, I want to hire you to do our marketing. She was like, well, I'm about to start my own business. So you guys can hire my business and we can go from that way. So we had two clients straight out the door, but we always tell the story. It's so crazy because we didn't have anything in line for this. Like we had no like business account, no <laughs> business cards, no website, like nothing. We literally just started and worked as we got there. But the craziest thing is like we were getting checks, but we couldn't cash because we didn't have our business registered, which means like we didn't have a business checking account. So I went to the bank and I was like, can you please check cash this check? It's made out to my business. That's like just called creative label. And they're like, ma'am, you have no business account associated with creative label. So no, I cannot cash your check. And I'm like, oh my gosh, got to get this taken care of. <laughs> So funny, but that's awesome. And I think that like, that's a good thing to remember. Like anyone who's listening to this, get that business account, you got to get set up first. So that so lesson, important. although hard then it lives on and teaches others. Yes, man. How did you guys come up with the name creative label? 
honestly, this is a, such a funny thing because working on like a lot of rebranding stuff about a year ago, we weren't going to do the name, but we were doing like our website and all this stuff. And I honestly don't remember. I do not probably came up with the name creative label. That will be a really interesting question to ask I because I really I don't remember where it came from. <laughs> I will. That's funny. It's a great name. So before we dive into the specifics, the PR stuff, because that's your jam, how has creative label changed where you guys were, like where you are now? I'm sure so much has changed since then. So much has changed. And like, we've been in business for three and a half years now. Um, when Aisha and I just, when I, when we, it was just us, um, maybe like a year and a half in. And also when we first started, we just started as really branding and marketing. Public relations wasn't a part of business. And what we started realizing was happening is that people would come to us for like their logo. And then they would come to us to build out all of their social and their social media graphics and their social media content and give the strategy for social media. They'd have all of those things together and they'd be like, oh shoot, I need a public relations team to help me make, you know, the partnerships, the um, media contacts, um, you know, publications have relationships with, you know, other publicists and other, other journalists and things like that. And so we're like, well, this is so aligned already with what we're doing. Let's just add this on as a third step to our business. So at the time, I would say for, for the first year, year and a half, we didn't have public relations. So it's definitely changed in, in that aspect. Um, but it was just Aisha and I, and now we have a team of like 15 and we're just, you know, really trying to grow. We're in the, we're in the stage of scaling right now and expanding as much as we possibly can, but also being able to scale um, and, and give as much attention as we possibly can to each client. That's so cool to have grown that much. I love it. Okay. So let's dive into some PR tips and tricks. So I watched a few, it was a few weeks ago, you and Aisha did an awesome Instagram live with Create and Cultivate on how to make your brand PR ready, which I love that topic because I think sometimes we get so worried about getting the PR that we, it's like, oh wait, am I even ready for that kind of exposure? So I wanted to touch on this. Could you give us just like maybe a couple tips of how to make your brand PR ready? And I definitely recommend everyone go watch that live anyway, but just some like sneak peeks before they go watch it. It's some really, really good content that we have on that live. Um, Just because so many people think like, of course, like if I have a team pushing me and they're pitching me to do, you know, all of these media collaborations or, you know, strategic sponsorship partnerships or whatever that looks like, I'm going to get the PR. And that's not how we operate internally here. Like, and in all honesty and all transparency, we don't take on every PR client that comes to us because we believe in providing our clients with the best success, like the best journey to success. So it's what do you have in place before we even get to the public relations? And do you have these things in place in order to be the most successful in public relations? Um, So we went back foundationally, which is why our business is branding, marketing, and public relations, because you need to have your branding together. Like a hundred percent, your logo needs to be get be put together. It can't look like you're just hopping off the ground and starting a business because journalists want to know what you are doing that's different. What's making you stand out? And visuals can make you stand out so much. Like you guys, it's crazy. Like somebody's visuals, you can think that they know every single thing that they're talking about when really they might not. <laughs> but their visuals, especially from a marketing perspective, really makes a big difference. Um, so making sure you have your logo, making sure you have your website together. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but does a website exist? What's the point of having public relations and you know having this traffic 
driven to your business, your services or a product if people don't know where to purchase it. So do you have your website together? Next is your social. What does your look like? Is there a social strategy that has gone into it? Anything that you're going to be pitching for media, if rather you're pitching or somebody else is pitching for you, it's typically going to take three months for that publication to come out. So is your social strategy lined up with what's happening in the next three months? Um, because what you don't want to happen is all this content to come out and it's not relevant or you're not pushing a product or you're not pushing a service or a sale or whatever that is. So it's really paying attention to what your social strategy look like, what looks like, what your content looks like on your social. Like, do you have good quality pictures? Are you posting every few days or, you know, consistently, whatever consistently may look like for you? What does your social look like? Is it visually appealing? Is somebody going to want to visit your page and be like, oh my gosh, I really like her. I really like him or I like the product. That is such a good point. I love that you are tying it back to actual like outcomes, like an action that somebody can take. Cause I think sometimes PR people, it's just like the vanity of getting press. Like, right. awesome. That's why I want PR, but really there should be like a goal to it. Like, Oh, I want them to go to my website or I want them to follow me or buy my product. Yeah. I think oh, that's, that's such a good point. Like people really are like, well, I've been featured in X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah, all of that stuff is great. But if it's not converting to followers or sales or an engaged audience or tickets, like whatever it is, if it's not converting, uh, your PR doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get to the other side of PR. So the actual pitch. So if somebody is newer in their business or their industry and they might not have a publicist what would be like a good like start off for them to start pitching media like is it like yeah. a nice email is it finding the right outlet like what's your advice There's there a few different things <laughs> i've got two different things so um PR is all about building strategic partnerships and relationships or building relationships. Let me break it down to that way. Um, so a lot of what I do and a lot of what my team does is like we network. <laughs> we, and I know right now with COVID, it's hard. I don't know when network will ever networking will ever go back to normal. Um, but use your social media to network, like find journalists. If you are already reading pop sugar, or Buzzfeed or New York times or LA times, whatever that looks like, if that's already what you open up, you know, to read every day, look at who the author is, who the writer is, um, and find them on social media because most of them have social media accounts. So what I like to do is, uh, I have myself and my team for 30 minutes every day is create a folder on Instagram. I don't know if you know how to do that, but it's, like when you go when you go to save a folder a photo on Instagram there's like a little flag in the right hand corner you hold down on that flag um, it will allow you to create a folder that you can title whatever you want so it'll save the photo let you title whatever you want so for me it's like PR writers and publishers and sometimes I might get really granular and I might say fitness writers um, and so I will save the photos to that folder and just for 30 minutes a day network DM, like their, like and ask questions on their pictures and follow and keep adding and things like that. And that really helps because when I send an email and I go to the actual pitch, which we're going to talk about in a second, when I go to the actual pitch and I send an email, I can say, oh my gosh, I've been following you. Like, or, oh my gosh, I was just in your DMs. Like we were just talking about X, Y, and Z. And it just becomes much more of like a, Hey, we're friends than, Hey, you know, we're, I'm just sending you an email with a pitch and like, can you feature my story? 
So the relationship portion is so, so, so important. Um, one other thing I like to do before getting to the pitch, before I even ask for anything with writers and publishers, like I like to have a virtual coffee. Like I'll, I'll have a virtual coffee with somebody I don't know at least four times a month, 15 minutes of their time. Um, and in real life, like real life as in post COVID, like this can totally happen in person too. offer to take somebody out to coffee and ask them like, how can I help you? Like, how can I use my business to help um, what you have going on? Or how can I serve you? And that's also helping to create those relationships along with find out about whatever their business is, whatever they, their beat that they write about is. People like to talk about themselves at the end of the day. So like, typically people will be like, sure, I'll have a coffee with you. Um, but that's just a part of creating the relationships. When I go to the actual pitch, there's just so many things that are super important to keep in mind. Um, you want to be sure that you are writing your pitch and your email out to somebody, to a writer who writes on beat with what your business or your service or product is. And what on beat means is like, are you sending a pitch or are you writing an email with a pitch in it to a fitness writer, a fitness journalist, when your business is an alcohol cocktail? Or if your business is, I don't know, something completely opposite from fitness. <laughs> like, that person is probably, you're wasting your time because that person is like, I typically only write about X, Y, and Z. So if you have a fitness story, that would be great. Sure, send it over to me. If not, then they're just going to keep plugging through their emails with their other pitches. These people get hundreds and hundreds of emails every single day. So your email needs to stand out. Um, so what I'll do is I'll be sure that I'm finding somebody who writes about what my client's product or service is. Another thing I like to do is once I find that person, I'm going through their article and I'm saying, or their past articles. And I'm saying, I'm finding something that I like to identify with. And this is the same reason why Instagram, um, connection and networking works too, because if you don't, maybe don't care for their writing or you don't know much about the writing, you can say, Oh my gosh, it's on your Instagram, that X, Y, and Z, just like something conversational about the person. So I will find material and information that becomes conversational and I'll add that into my first paragraph of the pitch. So I'll say, Hey, Sally from pop sugar. Um, I really, you know, I hope all is well introduce myself. I came across your photo on Instagram or I came across this piece that you wrote and I really love X, Y, and Z about the piece, or I really love what you said or what, you know, the person you interviewed said or whatever that is. Then I get into why I am pitching, um, what I am pitching. Am I pitching um, just, let's just, let's say I have a fitness apparel line. So I'm, I'm launching this fitness apparel line. We're launching a new collection and I really want to tell you all about it. And this is why it's so great. Like, why is your product or your service so great? And why is it different than everybody else? Not just like I'm launching this product and will you feature it? Because like there's a thousand people <laughs> setting things like so not just I'm launching this product and will you feature it? And then I wrap it up. I say, Hey, like when can we connect? When can we talk? I want to tell you more something that makes them have to respond back to me. Ooh. I'm not just saying like, Hey, like I'll talk to you later or hope, hope you have a great day. Like I'm saying, when can you talk? I'd love to get on the phone with you even for a five, 10 minute conversation, or I'd love to connect with you, you know, over email a little bit deeper if this is something that you're interested in. So I like to keep it short and sweet. Um, it's a simple breakdown of the strategy of how I, I feel like I get responses or my team gets responses. 
I love it. So many good nuggets in there. And I love like the personal touch, the providing value, which I feel like across digital now, like that's the name of the game. Like you have to make sure you're providing value because it is true. Like there's a ton of other brands. Like why should they feature yours? Right. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think about sending an attachment in your first like pitch to that person? Because I know sometimes people send like their PDF of their press kit, mm-hmm. but I've also heard that like you shouldn't do that. Like, what are your thoughts on sending an attachment? I, think you should, I personally think that you should always send an attachment. Do I think that you should send a press kit? It depends what your press kit looks like and it depends who you're pitching. So for sponsorship, I always send a press kit because typically sponsorship is going to have a buy-in dollar amount. So if my client, like if I'm putting on an event and, or if you're putting on an event, I'm going to speak as if like you're pitching yourself. So um, if you're putting on an event and you're looking for sponsors, you're going to want to attach something that, that, Give somebody a reason to say, okay, I should invest my dollars into this because of X, Y, and Z. Typically that's going to take like at least a five page media kit or press kit in order to do that. Um, but if it's just like for normal press features, uh, I like to use what I call a one sheet. It's literally one sheet of paper with the client's logo or your, or, or your photo or whatever your business or so whatever you're pitching. Um, and then a bunch of details, a brief few sentence bio, past partnerships that you might have done and your social and things that you, five bullet points of things that you can possibly talk about or five bullet points of things that make your business or accolades that, that you have, uh, that your business has, or if you don't, there's the talking points are really, really strong. What can you talk about? What value can you add with the talking points? But I always attach what I call one sheet, um, no matter who I'm pitching. Love it. And you guys did go over that in the IG yes. live. So if yes, you, if, if you're listening and you want more details, definitely go check out the IG live. And as a business owner, what has been the biggest learning lesson for you? Like your biggest takeaway, like if somebody is starting a business, like what would be your biggest piece of advice that you had to learn? Um, continue to educate yourself. Like I call myself an expert in my field, but I do not know everything and working in digital, working in media, um, things change literally every single day. And that's working in any industry that you're in really. Right. So it's important to continue to educate yourself and ask your peers, ask, you know, get together with a small group of like-minded entrepreneurs and talk about things that you might not feel comfortable talking about. Um, I'm together with other PR firms or other, you know, PR firm owners. And we've talked about pricing. Like we just get so, and I feel like that's not common. Nobody wants to talk about the internal systems of, of their business. Um, but when you talk about things that are difficult to talk about, when you talk about money, when you talk about how your business is operating client reviews, client experiences, and you're getting feedback from other people, it only makes you like 10 times stronger. I love it. That is great advice. So what has been like the one thing that 2020 has taught you? Jeez. I know this is a deep question. (laughs) I think 2020 has taught me a lot about mindset before I think 2020, I would think that I think my mindset was really limited. I had like a a limit on what I thought I was capable of, what my team was, was maybe capable of and what our business was capable of. But after this year, <laughs> I'm like, we're literally capable of anything. The, the sky is seriously the limit um, for what entrepreneurs right now, what women are capable of doing. Um, because I will tell you that 2020 pushed me and probably my business partner to a new level that we would have never thought, which allowed us to make 
you know, for our business to be the most profitable it has been in the three and a half years that we've been in business, but that's because we were forced to have to push beyond our limits. Um, so I would definitely say I've learned that there's, there's really no limit to what you want to do. Last question before we head into the working girl talk top 10, what are you excited about? Like coming up for creative label for you? Like what's, what are you excited about? Oh my goodness. We've got so much. (laughs) We've got so, so, so much coming up. We are changing around um, internally what our our customer experience looks like for 2020. So be on the lookout for that. I'm not really talking about it yet because we're working on it still. Um, But also we are also, we're growing. Like we're adding three to four more people to our team at the top of 2021, between now and the top of 2021. Um, And so that's, that's exciting. Like it's been so fun to watch people be excited about what they do, excited about creative label, especially when we were like just started with Aisha and I. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. So are you ready to head into the top 10? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. First job ever. My first job ever was actually, I was like a child model. Um, so, cool. Um, yeah, I was signed with Ford models. Um, and that's, but after that, during that, I also was a waitress at this restaurant called the elephant bar. I don't know if they still exist. It used to be a chain, but yeah. <laughs> Ooh, nice. An essential part of my morning routine. Oh, prayer. Like literally I got to pray every morning and coffee, prayer and coffee. Coffee gets me nice. through my day. Love it. And I'm obsessed with blank right now. So it could be a song, a show, a food. It's just something you're obsessed with right now. Ooh, what am I obsessed with right now? I know I'm supposed to answer these fast. Um, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure here. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I'm obsessed with like podcasts and, and self, self-help books right now. My favorite podcast is the morning toast. I don't know if you know that. I one, but, love okay. the toast. <laughs> I'm I literally obsessed it. with them right now. I've been obsessed with them for the past year, but I'm, I'm obsessed with them. Good content. It is premium content. Yes. Premium. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one. Favorite skincare, beauty, or self-care product? I've been like a solid proactive user since I'm like 13. Um, and it's just the only thing that clears my skin up. So proactive for life. Um, I could be like on their infomercial for sure. Yes. <laughs> Need that partnership. <laughs> yeah. A girl boss that I look up to. There's so many. Um, right now I'm super, I love Kona Walker. Uh, she is the founder of house of CB, which is like a woman's fashion line that it kind of came out when like the Kardashians started wearing like all those bandaged dresses and things like that. She's like along those areas and just literally built an empire. So I love her. If you guys haven't checked her out, Kona Walker, she's amazing. I have a blank at my desk always. I have a coffee at my desk always, 100%. I will drink the same coffee from the morning to, it's disgusting, from the morning. <laughs> and I let it sit there and warm it up again and have another and have it like for all day. Next one, the best advice I've ever received. That's a good question. I feel like we've had so much good advice lately. I think all you can do is all you can do and all you can do will always be enough. Um, because if you are always trying, you're always doing your best. There's literally nothing more that you can do. You have to give the rest to the universe or God or whatever higher power you believe in. If you do like you've tried, you've tried. 
a favorite book or podcast that's had an impact on you? I like so many good books we've been reading lately. Okay. So Traction is my favorite business book. It I forgot who it's by, Um, but basically what it will, I'll look it up for you really quick. Basically what the book does is it breaks down the structure of your business and what it should look like. Um, And I feel like so many people start a business like we did, have no business plan like we did. (laughs) Um, And just kind of like, which is, which is great. Like I, there's something to be said about just going out there and just like starting it and just going for it. Um, but you get to a point where you become super stagnant because you didn't put together a lot of the foundational stuff that you do. So, um, it's traction by, uh, Gino Wickman. Um, and he teaches you how to build out your business for like the peak ultimate success. Um, and I will tell you that it has completely changed our business after we read that book. That is awesome. Definitely have to check that out, everyone. And number nine, proudest moment in your career so far? Ooh, right now I'm manifesting this. Right now we are in the application process for Forbes 30 under 30. So <laughs> that will be that will be the proudest moment in our career. But um, I would say that it's just been like starting a business and like even like having your first employee or like wow like I'm responsible for somebody's paycheck their salary which is really scary it's really scary but it's also a really proud moment because you're like okay like I can do this you know I'm I'm able to help somebody so amazing and last one I am inspired by blank I am inspired by women leaders right now. Nobody teaches you this really weird like leadership thing and everybody's a leader in some way or another. And I realized that nobody teaches you, um, especially as a woman, a lot of the time, if it does, it's like internally within our families, right? Nobody teaches you how to be a leader um, and how to be in leadership positions. So I'm inspired by like every girl who's going out there and like really chasing what they want, chasing their their dream. And no matter if you're at like, hey, I just decided to start my business yesterday, or you're like, hey, I've been in business for 20 or 30 years. I'm just inspired by women in general behind that because it takes a lot. Definitely. I love it. And you made it through the top 10. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. And where can everyone follow you, follow Creative Label and the podcast, all that? Yeah. Okay. So you can follow me at It's Your Destiny on Instagram, I-T-S-U-R-D-E-S-T-I-N-E-E, no Y. (laughs) Um, And Creative Label, you can follow us at creative.label. We also have a podcast. Um, It's called The Label, available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Um, And if you're interested in learning more about our services or booking our services, our website is uh, itscreativelabel.com. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much, Des. This was so fun. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Des. I loved chatting with her. She is so awesome. And Creative Label is just amazing because they are all about providing value to their audience. Make sure to follow their Instagram because they are always providing amazing content that is free and available. And really, it's content that people would be charging for. Like, So it is just amazing. Make sure to follow their Instagram. Check out Dez's Instagram. And also, if this episode resonated with you, make sure to take a screenshot while you're listening tag at creative label tag des tag at working girl talk let us know what you think of the episode we can't wait to see what you have to say and make sure to copy that link share this episode with a friend who needs to hear it and before i leave you let's dive into the working girl talk friday favorite every friday i share something i liked that week whether it's a show a food a book a pen i think we've had a pen before maybe (laughs) so let's dive into it 
This week's Friday favorite is the show Sister, Sister. Yes, we are throwing it back to the 90s. Sister, Sister is back on Netflix and it has been the best breath of fresh air ever. Me and my sister loved Tia and Tamara growing up and we... This was our favorite show ever, so it has been the biggest nostalgic experience watching it again, and it is still so funny, so happy. The jokes, I feel like they're even better now. Like they, It's just amazing, so I definitely recommend that. It's been something that's putting a smile on my face after the long work day, and I wanted to share that with you too if you're looking for something to just make you happy, put a smile on your face, make you laugh. It's the best show, so I definitely recommend diving back into Sister Sister, tapping into that 90s energy and that awesome 90s fashion, and just brightening up your day that way. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Love having you here. Can't wait to share even more interviews with you and cannot wait to share part two with Aisha of Creative Label next week. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next week.